Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine. We hope you'll learn and sip along with us, too. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Wines We Drink, the podcast for wine learners and lovers. This summer is moving along, and today we're joining you for episode nine, and I'm here today with my co-host, as always, Keith Herndon. So happy to be with you again, Keith. Charlotte, drinking wonderful wine and talking about them with you each week has been the highlight of my (laughs) summer. Thank you so much for all you do to make Wines We Drink work for our audience. Well, shucks. I mean, these last two weeks, we've enjoyed two classic summer wines, a Grenache Rosé from the south of France, and then last week, a quintessential Pinot Grigio from Northeast Italy. So really, I should be thanking you for spoiling me and my palate. Um, (laughs) So if you missed those episodes, you can find them in our archives wherever you get your podcasts. But this week, we're returning to the red category. So Keith, what are we drinking today? Well, after having me select wines that we've enjoyed through our first eight episodes, we decided to turn to our inner circle and asked some family and friends for ideas. And we chose to go with a wonderful suggestion from Charlotte's father, a California Merlot. We'll get into details about the specific bottle we'll be drinking in a moment, but first let's talk about Merlot in general. Yeah, I mean, my dad has certainly enjoyed Merlot for a long time. Shout out to you, Dad. Uh, It's his go-to wine, and it has been for as long as I can remember. Uh, What sets Merlot apart from, say, you know, the Cabernet Sauvignon or the Pinot Noir varietals that we drank in earlier episodes? I find most Merlots to be more fruit-forward than a lot of other reds, certainly more so than the Cabernet Sauvignon. And, And I think it appeals to a broader audience because it's Tannins tend to be softer and less astringent than some of the hardier reds. Merlot went through several down years in sales in the mid-2000s, and a lot of critics blame that on the movie Sideways from 2004. Have you seen it? (laughs) No, but I know the cast, and I know that it's been nominated for several awards, but I actually haven't ever seen it. (laughs) Okay, well, I I, you know, put that in your Netflix queue if it's out there on Netflix. (laughs) It's a wonderful film about wine, but the character played by Paul Giamatti is definitely an anti-Merlot person in the film, and many think that damaged Merlot's reputation. You know, personally, I think the movie was making a point about a lot of the over-commercialized, rather bland and dull Merlots that were coming out then. More recently, I think Merlot has regained its footing in the market, and there are some really excellent bottles to drink, such as the one we're opening today, that represent an excellent value for the consumer. Well, and I found it quite interesting from our conversations this summer how certain wines have come in and out of favor and trend and style. Yeah, we you know yes we we were talking last week about how Pinot Grigio is sometimes challenged as a as a simple wine. Uh, you know I think Merlot also gets painted with that same brush sometimes, but just because a wine can be described as simple doesn't mean that it's bad. You know again there are those in the wine world that can get carried away with pretentiousness and miss out on some very good values because they have dismissed the wine out of hand. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely from my from my tastings thus far, it seems like uh, this wine and the Pinot Grigio from last week 
are going to be delicious and were delicious. And it's an excellent point. I mean, what we're all about here at Wines We Drink is exploring all sorts of wines. Exactly. You know, I think the history of Merlot makes it a fascinating varietal. Like most of the wines we talk, we've talked about, Merlot traces its history to France, right? In this case, the Bordeaux region, and it remains a primary varietal in the classic French Bordeaux red blends. But now Merlot grapes are grown all over the world, and you'll find exact, you know, examples of, of excellent quality from Italy, Chile, Australia, and Argentina, and especially California. Wow. Well, it's always really great to get that sense of history when we talk about these varietals, understand how they've taken hold in different countries. I mean, we always talk about the story behind each bottle. Um, You know, so we're drinking a California Merlot today. Can you tell our audience about the specific bottle we're drinking? Charlotte, we're drinking a bottle made from a Merlot grown on California's central coast, primarily in the Monterey County area. We're opening a 2018 Robert Mondavi private selection that's been aged in rum barrels. Just like most of our selection, this one is ranked highly in the Vivino app. Would you believe it comes in in the top 4% of all wines in the world, and it won a gold medal in the San Diego International Wine Competition? Wow, well, I just keep getting spoiled on this show. I mean, with the opportunity to drink such highly rated wines, and I'm going to have to report back to my dad and let him know that he has very fine taste. Yes, well, the full credit for this selection definitely goes to your father. He made an excellent suggestion, and we thank him for it. Well, I'm already ready to give this one a try. Will you please pour us a couple of glasses? Yes, uh, I've had this one decanting for about uh, 15, 20 minutes. It's uh, been aged in barrels. So, you know, a red wine like this, it's kind of good to let it unwind a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've had it in a decanter for a little while. It's not necessary that you have to decant this wine. Uh, Some people might pour it you know, straight and, you know, you can just let it sit in your glass for a little bit. Uh, You can also use an aerator, like a little tool, Mm -hmm. right, if you'd like to do that as as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pour us a couple of glasses straight from the decanter here. We all need a little decanting every now and then, right? I mean, some unwinding. And as you're pouring it, I mean, for me, it's a beautiful, you know, rich red, almost like a ruby red. Yeah, you called it a rich ruby red. Uh, I'm going to actually call it more of a garnet color. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's much, it is, it is very deep. I mean, as you're pouring it, um, it's, there's no uh, reflection coming off of the glass here. It is, you know, opaque in color, but it catches the light here, and it's just a beautiful, brilliant, uh, deep red color. Right. So um, give it a little bit of a, of a swirl there. Swirl and sniff. <laughs> what what kind of flavors or what kind of what kind of aromas are you are you sensing on the on the on the nose? I mean, it's so rich immediately just from you know the smell. It's such a rich smell, and you can honestly really get that rum barrel aging that's happening here. <laughs> I mean, I rum is something that I am familiar with, unlike wine and. That's definitely coming through and making it very full-bodied smelling. For me, you know, the the word that when I when I uh, in full transparency, even though this was your dad's suggestion, I did I did have an advanced sample of this, you know, before we you know before we drink it today on the podcast. Not that I didn't trust your dad, right, but I wanted to, I wanted to have a little bit of a taste. And and the word that immediately leaped to my uh, wine description was jammy. Ooh, 
yeah, that's a great word. Um, and definitely one I'm going to pocket in my wine vocabulary here. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it, that describes it really well. I mean, it's, it's such a deep, rich, yeah, like it's been cooked down for a while type, <laughs> you know, type sensation. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Right. So you mentioned the idea that you could actually get some of the aromas from the, from the wine, you know, from the rum barrel aging, um, uh, you know, I, I like to describe that type of an effect as molasses. Oh, yes. That's great. It's very thick and, I mean, it's it's really strange to maybe describe it as this, but it's rather homey feeling to me, not just because it's my dad's selection, but, <laughs> you know, because whenever you're saying words like jammy and molasses, I mean, I'm also getting, you know, some spices too, maybe, you know, like vanilla. Sure. It reminds me of just a home kitchen. You know, well, that's phenomenal. You know, I, 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 you know, it's really interesting how you've picked up on some of these aromas and things. In the official tasting notes, they use the word "rich vanilla." Wow, right. man! <laughs> I am. It must be in my blood. Okay, so go for the big taste. Now. The big taste. Wow! Isn't that really smooth on the palate? It's so smooth. I mean, it just rolls down. But the flavors linger in such a beautiful way. I mean, and the jamminess. I mean, that was a great description and one that often, I mean, and maybe it's the color again. I'm often tricked by sight here. But, um, you know, the, the, the jamminess is coming through and maybe some darker fruits. You know, so maybe some darker berries or... Um, darker cherries or, or something, you know, I, I don't know, plums, Could, like... Plums is exactly in the tasting notes. And how no And way. how about blueberry? Oh, yes. That's great. Yeah, I was saying, I was trying to think, you know, blueberry or blackberry. I mean, that mm -hmm. is... Definitely these... Uh, very these, prominent. These very, you know, you describe them as dark berries, you know, plum, blueberry, mm. uh, blackberry... All of those flavors are are definitely in in this uh, glass of wine. Wow, I mean, it is so beautifully rich. I I haven't spent a lot of exploration in the you know deeper red category, and um, whenever you actually sit and for a moment with these flavors, you can really grow to appreciate them. Absolutely, I mean, these flavors just blend together and create such a uh, warming sensation on the palate, you know? I mean, I think that's the way I would describe it. It's not an overly acidic wine. It's, uh, it's very smooth, but you get some of that complexity that putting this fruit, this wine in those rum barrels and brought out, you know, those, those nuances that you get, those molasses, those vanilla flavors, those, uh, those jammy, um, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, construct of this wine. It's, it's amazing. You know, I would even say that, you know, that putting it in those barrels also added a hint of vanilla to this as mm -hmm. well. And I think that's where a lot of the warmth is coming from that you're describing. I mean, you know, we've up until this point, we've been really reminiscing in our summer wines category. And dare I say, you know, this one reminds me just of really comforting warmth. Like I'm being wrapped in a blanket and I get to sit down at a fireplace. You know, I, I think those are really um, uh, great observations, you know. Um, take another taste 
and 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 give me you know your kind of your last impression of the finish of the wine you know at the mm-hmm. end of the I'm definitely, you know, we talked about when, with our earlier reds um, this season, uh, the word tannins. And I do get some of that, but in a way that, again, is not um, overly drying, but it definitely finishes in a nice, um, you know, a punctuated way. Right. Well, you can definitely tell it's a red wine, so it's going to have some tannin there, but it's not like a Cabernet Sauvignon where it's much, you know, tannin. I think the best way to describe these are soft. Mm-hmm. You know, they've softened the, the, the tannins are soft in this in this wine. You know, as, as I noted earlier, you know, sometimes Merlot wines get labeled as as simple, but I just don't think you can use that description with this selection of Merlot. I, I think this one is bold but smooth, dry with a soft finish. You know, but this one has added some complexity that you get from that aging in those rum barrels. You know, no one should go in and thinking that you're going to get a wine spiked with rum flavor, right? <laughs> you know, that's not what this aging process is all about. But it does give it that complexity of oak and maybe even, you know, if you look at some of the reviews on the Vivino app, people talk about, you know, smoke, mm. right? And, and uh, maybe even some leathery mm-hmm. texture to the wine. You know, so those are all some, you know, some some really interesting perspectives that that you get from this. Yeah, no, I mean that's you're right. There's a lot of different flavors and and textures on your tongue that's competing for your taste buds, if you will. I mean, you know, some come forward at the beginning, others at the finish, but it's overall, I mean, a really great tasting wine. Uh, you know, so I gotta ask, how much is my dad paying for this indulgence? <laughs> Well, I think that we can invite your dad into the Value Wine Club. <laughs> the average price for a bottle of this wine on the Vivino app is just fourteen ninety nine a bottle. And the app labels this vintage 2018 as one of its best value for the money selections. It said that wines of similar quality would cost 46% more. Wow. Well, you know, that's my dad. He's always there looking for a good deal. <laughs> and I mean, he really found it with this wine. Uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, it's it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenally good wine. And this is one that, you know, you'll be able to find at multiple different, like, uh, you know, uh, package stores, uh, supermarkets, you know, wherever you look for your wine. Um, Robert Madavi is obviously a big, giant conglomerate winemaker, and they ship all over the all over the world. And, and I think this is one of those that um, is really that good deal. Uh, again, just because it's from a big giant, you know, winemaker doesn't mean that it's a bad wine. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an absolutely great value, delicious wine. And I love the fact that they took this Merlot and they put it in these rum barrels and made something very unique out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, unique is a great is a great descriptor here. And everything is just blending perfectly well. You know, we spent the previous two weeks talking about wines that I call summer sippers. You know, at 14.5% alcohol by volume, I wouldn't put this Merlot in the summer sipper category. <laughs> but it is still one certainly to consider for your backyard barbecue because I think this would pair very nicely with those burgers that we're grilling this summer. Oh, yeah. I mean, here you go again talking about the backyard grilling, and it gets me hungry every time. Um, But, yeah, beef and burgers sounds delicious. I mean, where else would you go with this wine? Well, you know, with the barrel aging and the complexities that that process brought to this Merlot, you know, you certainly can pair it with some great steaks, 
But if you want to get really fancy, how about some lamb kebabs? Ooh. You know, if you want to offer this with some appetizers, I'd suggest finding a bold aged goat cheese. Um, you know, so lamb kebabs and goat cheese, that would be excellent to go with this wine. Well, when are you having me and my dad over for lamb kebabs? Because hey. I'm so there. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a great, you know, barbecue for the summer. Put some lamb kebabs with some of those vegetables on the skewers and we're, we have a we have a great uh, pairing for this one. Yeah, wine. a great evening for sure. So we're going to go ahead and take a short break, but we'll be back soon to wrap up this episode with our weekly wine word feature. This week's word is appellation. Well, welcome back to today's episode. Our wine word this week is appellation. So Keith, what should our listeners know when they see this wine word? Charlotte, the the word appellation in the context of wine refers to the place where the grapes were grown that were used to make the wine. That's the simple explanation, but it gets really complicated very quickly because in most countries around the world where viticulture is an important part of the agricultural economy, There have been strict rules and regulations put in place. Across Europe, these rules can be very strict. Think of the Champagne appellation in France. That region is the only one allowed to call the sparkling wine they make Champagne. So in the United States, our our regulated appellations are known as AVAs, which stands for American Viticultural Areas. Some of these AVAs are very famous, such as California's Napa Valley or Oregon's Willamette Valley. So when you see a bottle of wine labeled Napa Valley, you can be assured that at least 85% of what's in the bottle came from there. But again, you don't have to be snobby about wines only labeled as coming from a specific appellation. The bottle of wine we drank today, for example, was labeled only California. That means that the majority of the Merlot grapes used to make the wine from, from the state but they, weren't, but, they, but they were blended for more than one appellation. So there you have it. Appellation means the place where the grapes were grown, and it's the basis for a complex set of rules for growing, naming, and labeling the wines we drink. See wow. how I got that I see that. I, I love how you there. did that. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, now I have one more piece of information about what's on those wine labels, so I feel very well equipped. So, yes, the the wine industry doesn't make it easy for us to shop for wines when we're confronted with all those choices in our favorite wine store. But we can begin a little bit of training by doing things like listening to this podcast, right? (laughs) And uh, then you can begin to get more comfortable with the process and begin to understand what is on all those on those labels. Yeah, well, that's certainly the case for me. So, I mean, thanks, Keith. Next week, we're remaining in the red category as we fill our glasses with one of Spain's finest. I'm so looking forward to talking about the wine that we've selected for next week. A wonderful Tempranillo from Rioja. It is simply delicious. Oh, wow. Well, I'm looking forward to it as always. But for now, that's a wrap for this week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be the first to listen to future episodes and follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers.